Luke chapter 9, a uh, scripture that many of us are familiar with. Jesus says to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This is the foundation of cultural humility. To follow Jesus means to deny ourselves, to take up our cross. And many of us have decided and we've declared Jesus is Lord, right? Now, if Jesus is the Lord of our lives, then we will follow and imitate him in our willingness to lay down our lives for others. Hello, and welcome to the Orange County Church of Christ audio sermon. Today is week three of a seven-week series based on the book, A Crown That Will Last, written by Michael Burns. Our lesson today will be led by Ryan Weekly, who serves in the Orange County ministry. We hope you enjoy today's lesson. Let's get started. Good morning, church family. What a great time of worship we've had thus far. First, I just want to say our, our weekly misses you all. It's been uh, so long since we've been able to see all of you in person. And uh, as you can see, the, the picture on the screen, that's my wife, Virginia, my daughter, Avery. And we just want this church to know, you know, this is our, our family. And our hearts and our prayers are with all of you this morning. It's great that we could be able to connect in some way together today. You know, we are coming into uh, week number three of our new series, A Crown That Will Last. In week one, the author of our devotional book, Michael Burns, he spoke about our purpose as being image bearers of God, right? And last week, Jay Minor spoke of uh, a new humanity, that God has a mission to gather the nations. And so God has his mission, right? And he's invited us to take part in that mission. But how do we do that? What does that look like? How can we partner with God to gather the nations, to bring about reconciliation? And that's what we're going to discuss this morning. The task to be all things to all people. And that's the title of our lesson this morning. All things to all people. Go ahead and turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And much of the lesson this morning comes from our uh, week three devotionals that we'll all dive into this next week. As well as another book by the same title from Michael Burns. And, you know, there are, unfortunately, a lot of things that can divide us as humankind, right? You don't have to flip through the channels very long or scroll through your Facebook feed very long to know this, especially now. And actually, our first century brothers and sisters had that same problem. And Paul spends a lot of his letter to the Corinthian church addressing the many forms of division that were threatening the body of Christ. Paul knows that if the attitudes and the division of the world were to seep into God's church, the, the church would be crippled in their ability to participate in the mission of God. So let's dive into the text here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19. Paul writes, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, 
I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. This morning, we're going to dive deeper into this passage a little bit. But first, I want to talk about culture. All right, Merriam-Webster defines culture as the customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. Now, at times, culture, it can be difficult to see or define because it's learned simply by existing within a particular group or, or context, right? Very rarely do you see anyone take a class where they're taught about their culture. It's just passed on. And your culture, it becomes your way of thinking and being and living. It becomes the way you look at the world. It becomes your normal. Now, here's something tricky. At any given point, there's not just one culture at play. There are multiple cultures at play in a person's life. Take me for an example, all right? I am a millennial white Christian man who's grown up in a middle-class family who currently resides in Southern California, okay? I'll stop there. That is six just for me, right? And I could go on. And each of those characteristics have their own customary beliefs and values and practices. And if that's just me, imagine how many cultural factors are at play within our congregation of about 725 disciples of Jesus. Wow. Now let's remember what we've discussed thus far in this series. All humankind is made in the image of God. And God's mission is to gather the nations to form a new humanity that replic replicates and imitates the self-sacrificial love of Jesus. Now, as God brings these nations together, cultures are going to clash. As cultures come together, you might see differences in a number of ways between those cultures. For example, differences in communication. You know, some cultures value very direct communication. You tell others like it is. You speak the truth plainly. It doesn't really matter how it comes across, but you speak very directly. Now, for other cultures, direct communication can actually be an insult. It can be offensive. And they value uh, encouragement and more so indirect communication. There could be cultural differences in identity. Many cultures are very individualistic. It's more about the individual pulling themselves up and, and striking out on their own. Whereas other cultures are very collectivist, right? They define themselves by the group. And if some, something happens to a person in that group, they all feel it and experience it together. There could be cultural differences with the way we approach authority. For some, it's about ascribed authority. You are told who you respect. If they have the title, they get the respect. For other cultures, it's about achieved authority. Respect is earned. And if you treat me with respect, then I'll treat you with respect. Even things like worship can have very uh, different cultural factors and differences in there. You know, for, for many, worship is a very intimate, very private, personal, and even quiet thing. Whereas to other cultures, worship is a celebration, right? And so it's important for us to talk about these things because cultural difference can cause conflict, even within the church. Let me give you a, a hypothetical. 
You know, consider the, the events going on in our country, in our community in recent months. There's tragic stories of what we've been working through and, and talking about and dealing with. Now, imagine a Sunday morning service in which you come to church and the leadership of the church says nothing about what's going on in the world. Nothing, nothing said, no prayer given, nothing. Now, you may have members of the church leave that service fired up and feeling great and feeling filled up and ready to go for the next week. And you might have members of that church leave that same service hurt. Why? How does that happen? Culture. You know, many churches, including the one in which I grew up, have a culture in which you don't talk about controversial things, right? No one even has to say it. You just know that's, that's not what you talk about at church. In fact, some might say that church is the place where you leave all that at the door. You just come in here, clear your mind, and just focus on Jesus. But in contrast, for other cultures, church is actually the one place you can come to feel safe and to talk about these things, to lament, to grieve, to wrestle with the justice of God and the injustice of society. And, and you can come together to discuss these things and how are we going to respond? So how do we bring those things together? And at times, you know, we don't see these conflicts as having their source in culture. And so we attribute them to something else. You know, we say it's an issue of structure or personnel or racial insensitivity, or, or maybe it's a spiritual issue. There's sin in the camp. Conflict comes from cultural difference. But here's the exciting part. With that conflict comes the opportunity to be who God is calling us to be. The conflict that arises from cultural difference is an opportunity to learn and to serve and to love, to be perfectly united as a diverse body of Christ in the midst of this divided, violent, hurt, confused world. Now, let's be honest. Some of you may be asking, do we really have to go there? Is all of this really necessary? You know, I've even had people ask, can't we stop focusing on things like culture and just get back to the gospel? I want to talk about that question. That's an interesting question. But to me, the, that line of thinking seems to imply that the topics of diversity, culture, even unity have little to do with the gospel. But let me speak plainly. The topics of diversity, culture, and unity are central to the gospel. Being all things to all people and learning how to bring cultures together within the family of God is not a side issue. By one uh, teacher's count of the 2,032 verses in all of Paul's letters, approximately 637 of them are on the topic of cross-cultural life in the body of Christ. That's about one-third of everything Paul wrote about was about cross-cultural life in the body of Christ to this count. You know, if we are to be used by God in his mission, being all things to all people is not a side issue. It's a necessity. Our devotional book reads, culture can either unite powerfully or divide unrelentingly. I want to ask us, what, what will be the results in our congregation? What will come about in, in our church? And I believe that answer is up to each and every one of us. Amen. Let's go back to the verse here, 1 Corinthians 9, 
in verse 19. Paul says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. You know, Paul says clearly and boldly, I have made myself a slave to everyone. And the foundation for, for everything that Paul did and preached was Jesus. And we can tell by this verse that Paul had embraced Jesus' example of self-sacrificial love. He had laid down his life for others, making himself a slave to all. And we see this in Jesus by, by his life and his death and his resurrection. Jesus showed us that this is the way to live. And he calls us by his words to the same self-denial. In Luke chapter 9, a uh, scripture that many of us are familiar with, Jesus says to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This is the foundation of cultural humility. To follow Jesus means to deny ourselves, to take up our cross. And many of us have decided and we've declared Jesus is Lord, right? Now, if Jesus is the Lord of our lives, then we will follow and imitate him in our willingness to lay down our lives for others. Cultural humility cannot happen without self-denial. And if we only look out for ourselves or look out for our own preferences, we will be ineffective and unproductive in this mission. But if, like Paul, we choose in our freedom to lay aside our preferences for the sake of others, watch out. I am convinced we will be amazed at what God will be able to accomplish in and through us. Back to the text in verse 20. Paul continues to write, To the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. Later in verse 22, he says, To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. To be sure, this is a higher calling than the world can ever understand. You know, the world approaches diversity through tolerance. But tolerance is, is flawed. It cannot bring us to complete unity. I want to read a, a passage from our devotional book, A Crown That Will Last. You can find this one on, on page 66. But the, uh, the author writes, With those simple words, all things to all people, Paul has revealed a path that is far more demanding than tolerance. Tolerance does not demand that I change or adjust myself. It does not necessarily bring us together. Tolerance cannot make a diverse community grow ever closer. On the other hand, being all things to all people demands that I learn about you. It demands that I value and respect your culture, your perspective, your background, and much more. It demands that I be willing to put you and your expressions and preferences on an equal plane with my own as things worth exploring. I must be willing to move past my comfort zone and intertwine our lives. In short, it means moving past toleration and striving toward participation. I love that. Tolerance, we, we see this. It is flawed. It can't stand up under its own weight. Tolerance, it continues to keep 
groups and, and cultures separate while demanding that they embrace and validate one another, right? It, 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 that doesn't work, right? Tolerance says, hey, you're okay as long as you stay over there away from me and my preferences. But imagine, in contrast to all of that, imagine a community committed to honoring and embracing and learning from and celebrating the cultures of every member, right? That is astonishing. That is, that is world-changing. That is the family of God. And considering the, the passage, again, you know, we need to see here, Paul is not just giving us some quick evangelistic tool, okay? He's not giving us some series or some program for church growth. He is describing the task that the church, every member of the church, not just the leadership, not just those who serve in these capacities, not just those on our squad, every member of the church must embrace this task if we are going to fully and faithfully participate in the mission of God. I want to ask you to consider this morning, how much of a conscious effort have you made in being all things to all people? Is that something that you've ignored up to this point? Maybe just dabbled in tentatively or embraced wholeheartedly? Let's go back to the verse, to the passage in, in verse 23. Paul continues, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So Paul, he, you know, he's accomplishing this task of being all things to all people for the sake of the gospel, but he says that as he does so, he is able to share in its blessings. What is he teaching us? I think he's telling us there is joy in this journey. There are blessings in this task. And I just want to stop and let's just count for a moment some of the blessings that we might receive from being all things to all people. One, I think we are able to be brought to complete unity. That is something the world is longing for, but cannot have without Jesus. If we become all things to all people, we could be ushered into these amazing, surprising new experiences through which we get to know God and God's word and God's church in a greater way. We can come to new understandings thinking of like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's more to this than I thought. We can continue to learn and to grow in our faith. By being all things to all people, we can have a confidence that we are participating in the mission of God. We are partnering with God in bringing about new creation and reconciliation. I don't know about you, I think that's awesome, right? There's a contentment knowing that if we're joining in that work, then every other work and every other purpose that there could ever be pales in comparison to what we're doing with God. It's amazing. God allows us to share in the blessings of this task as we take it up. Becoming all things to all people is not just for others. It, it molds and shapes us along the way. We are changed and matured in the process. Amen. It's awesome. Let's continue to read in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I love this passage. And on its own, you know, verses 24 through 27 are an amazing example and call to self-discipline. But we need to be careful not to divorce the passage from its context, right? The hard work described in this paragraph has everything to do with being all things to all people. Paul is telling us this is going to take effort. We can't be aimless. We can't give up. We can't box like a fighter beating the air, right? Intertwining our lives with others, it's messy, right? It it takes intentionality, working through misunderstanding. It takes compromise. It is hard work. But this is the new culture of the family of God, right? This is God's plan. So I want to ask you to consider this morning, what might being all things to all people demand of you personally? What might this hard work, this strict training look like for you? You know, to help us answer that question, uh, Michael Burns, he, he presents four practicals to us through which we can take up this task of being all things to all people. First, we can become familiar with our own cultural practices and preferences. You know, most of us don't actually think about our own culture very much, right? Our our preferences, like we talked about before, they're, they're just a part of who we are. But knowing our own cultural tendencies is the first step toward cultural competence. Why? And here comes the second one. To be all things to all people, we must be willing to give up our rights and preferences for the benefits of others. You know, let's be honest. Most people are not willing to do this. You know, some might explore a few elements of another culture, but few are truly willing to become a blank slate. But that is who Paul was. He would give up his natural way of of doing things, and, and he would enmesh himself in the culture around him in order to bring people to Christ. That's who Paul was. That's who Jesus was, right? He gave up everything and embraced suffering for the sake of others. Thirdly, to become all things to all people, we can become a student of other cultures. Again, Paul, he was was masterful at this, right? Look throughout the book of Acts. Wherever he went, Paul, he, he knew the beliefs and even the philosophies and some of the customs of that place. He was... He was aware of culture. He was sensitive to the dynamics of culture. He was open to learning from others. And then he would become a part of that culture, that participation alongside of them. And that leads us to the fourth practical here. To be all things to all people, bring yourself to a place of cultural flexibility. You know, I think this is what God is is calling us to through Paul. And this is one of the most distinctive aspects of the Christian faith. Right, following Jesus is not limited to one cultural group. God's mission of gathering the nations and our task to be all things to all people, those take precedence over any specific culture. And so Christianity, it must be free to encompass all people and all nations. As we prepare our hearts for for communion this morning, I want us to, to remember that this task to be all things to all people comes first and foremost from the example of Jesus. 
right? Jesus spent his time with men and women and children, with Jew and Samaritan and Gentile. He ate with tax collectors and drunkards and sinners and the teachers of the law. He told parables, making a point using the most unlikely of heroes. He served and he loved the religious elite and the marginalized. Philippians 2, a passage many of us are familiar with, you know, he tell, it tells us that even though Jesus was in very nature God, he became a servant. He chose in his freedom to become a servant to all. And through humility and obedience and, and sacrifice, he would lay down his life for all people. And now by his blood, we can be freed from the laws of sin and death. We can be forgiven of our sin. We can be gathered and brought together to form a, a new, loving, united, self-sacrificial community. This morning, let's reflect on Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And let's walk in his ways to live a life in which we become all things to all people. Let's pray for communion. Father, I thank you for this time to be able to dive into your word and, and to be, be challenged with this task before us, to be all things to all people. God, we, we want so badly to be your people in this time here and now, God. We want to be a part of, of your mission to bring all together, to reconcile the world to yourself, to, to gather the nations, to form this new humanity. And Father, I pray that we can uh, really pray through and, and process these things uh, that we've gone through this morning and that we're going through in our devotional book together. God, I pray that we will be, above all else, that we will be a congregation, a, a collection of, of your sons and daughters who are holy and pleasing in your sight, who are creating space for all people to know you and to follow your son, Jesus. God, thank you for Jesus as we take communion. Father, we're reminded of his example of self-sacrifice, his, his choice to become a servant to all, as Paul wrote later in 1 Corinthians 9. God, thank you for this opportunity to remember Jesus' life and death and resurrection and the love of, of yours that we see through the cross. We thank you for this time. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and look forward to being with you next week. You can find more information about our church on our website, occhurchofchrist.com. You can also watch live services on our Facebook and YouTube pages, which are located on our website. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.